Hey, hey, welcome everyone to the seventh episode of the Tough Get Going podcast. I'm George Gogus, self-described tough guy and mental health clinician who's putting those two things together to bring this show to you. The reason I'm bringing this show to you is to tell everyone out there that you could be tough, you could be strong, but you could still take care of yourself in the right way. On today's episode, we are joined by a guest who goes by the Twitch handle of Clearly Blind Games. He's here to talk about how being a member of the Twitch community helped him deal with loneliness during the pandemic and how he was actually able to help people in the process. We're sticking it to those people that told us that we had to grow up and stop playing video games. We also take a tough look at depression and we have most of our other familiar segments. Just a couple notes before we get started on this tough journey. Check out our Instagram page for cool pictures, tough quotes, and show updates. Also, if you want to sponsor any of our segments or an entire episode of the Tough Get Going podcast, you can email me, George, at the Tough Get Going podcast at gmail.com. And one more quick note the Tough Get Going podcast is not intended to treat mental health issues, it's intended to offer tips, suggestions, dry humor, and interesting interviews. If you're struggling with your mental health, you should seek out help for yourself by visiting Psychology Today or Googling therapists near me. If this is a mental health emergency, call 911, go to your local emergency room, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or 1-800-273-TALK. I thank everyone for joining us on another episode of this show. Now let's get going. Okay, everyone. Now we're going to get into my favorite segment of this show, Manly Acts of Kindness, where we're here to tell you you can be manly, you could be tough, but you could still be kind. So for the purpose of this episode, we're going to be traveling across the world again. We're actually going to be going to Japan this time. So we're going back to 2011 and we're going to be focusing on the Fukushima nuclear disaster, which happened on March 11th, 2011. This nuclear disaster was the worst one since Chernobyl, which happened in 1986. So basically what happened here is there was a massive earthquake which triggered a tsunami. The tsunami waves were up to 14 meters tall, or in American language, 46 feet. I remember watching videos of the waves and the water flowing into certain cities in the area. This was around the time that most people started having cameras on their phones, like every phone had them, and it was quite horrifying. So basically what happened is these 46-foot waves breached the plant's seawall and flooded the plant. So when the water flooded the plant, it shut down all of the electricity and the emergency generators. So why electricity is so important in a nuclear plant is it actually pumps coolant through the nuclear reactors to keep it cool. Since the electricity and the pumps were down, the nuclear reactors got too hot and melted down. So actually, for this manly act of kindness, we're going to focus on what happened after. As they shut these plants down, they were trying to figure out how we're going to deal with this situation. Well, a group of people said, we'll tell you how we're going to deal with it. We're going to volunteer to help out. This was actually led by an effort of a man named Mr. Yamada. Mr. Yamada and a group of over 200 pensioners calling themselves the Skilled Veterans Corps, volunteered to go in and tackle this nuclear crisis so young people didn't have to. So it was said that this type of radiation could take 20 to 30 years for someone to experience the effects. So this group of pensioners said, we don't want young people going in there. We're going to die soon anyways, so we'll volunteer. Everyone in this group was over the age of 60. It consisted of engineers, including Mr. Yamada, ex-plant workers, people who designed factories and plants, a singer, and actually two cooks. So one of these group members named Michio Ito was quoted saying, I'm not particularly special. Most Japanese have this feeling in their heart. The question is whether you step forward or stay behind and watch. So this whole group of 200 plus pensioners were ready to go. Let's go. We're going to do this. We're stepping up. We're going to look out for our community and the younger people in the area. Very brave. Unfortunately, TEPCO, which is the company that ran the plants and the Japanese government, refused to let them go in to kind of mitigate this nuclear disaster. But the real important thing is they were ready. Mr. Yamada and other pensioners actually came to the United States and tried to rally to be allowed to go in and kind of deal with this disaster. 
As I said, unfortunately, they weren't able to, but they were ready to go and they were stepping up to the plate. The Fukushima plant has actually been in the news recently because the Japanese government is requesting to release small amounts of irradiated water into the ocean. Now, they're not doing that yet, but it is in the news lately, so it's definitely something we should follow. But we appreciate Mr. Yamada and his whole crew of pensioners stepping up and saying, we're ready to do this. We're ready to kind of be here. We're ready to show you that you can be manly, you could be tough, but you could still be kind. Thank you very much, the skilled Veterans Corps. We appreciate you stepping up to the plate and really showing us why we should respect our elders. Okay, everybody, so now we're going to get into our in-depth topic of this episode. So for the purpose of this episode, I decided to pick a topic that seems pretty common to a lot of people. Maybe a lot of people think they experience it. But I think there can be some misunderstanding about this, so I figured it would be good to get into more detail about it. Today's topic is depression. Now, before we get into depression, I think it's important to say that it's normal to have periods where you're feeling low and not really feeling great. But if these periods persist for long amounts of time, it could be diagnosable depression. So there's really 10 common symptoms or signs of depression that we're going to talk about to help people figure out, am I depressed or am I just struggling a little bit right now? Okay, so let's just get right into the 10 common symptoms of depression. So the first one is feeling hopeless or helpless. You know, everything sucks. There's nothing that I can do about it. My life is always going to be terrible, and I'm just stuck in this kind of trap of awfulness. So the second one, which is a big indicator or which can be a big indicator of depression, is what we call anhedonia or the loss of interest or pleasures and activities you used to enjoy. Now, this can be a wide variety of things, including hobbies, your social life, TV shows, and even sex, because when you're feeling kind of blah, some of these things or all of these things are of no interest to you. The next one is changes in your appetite or your weight. So this can be either weight loss or gain, right? That's not very specific. Kind of like some of the advice from these YouTube gurus you see. But in all seriousness, people can experience both when they're depressed. You know, there's many reasons why these things can be affected when you're depressed, including some people using food as a way to cope with their feelings or just feeling like crap and not really having an appetite. The next one is changes in your sleep. So again, you know, this is kind of an open topic. Some people's sleep is affected in different ways. For some people, they have trouble falling asleep or insomnia. Some people fall asleep and wake up every hour. And some people actually, when they're feeling depressed, can just sleep all day, just having no energy, just laying in bed all day and sleeping which can lead to worse depression. And as I mentioned, the next sign or symptom of depression could be no energy or low energy, just an overall feeling of fatigue, feeling drained, feeling sluggish, and just feelings of kind of overall heaviness. All right, so the next sign or symptom of depression can be anger or feeling irritable. They say that usually men experience this more when they're depressed than women. I don't know if it goes back to the whole anger iceberg or if anger being the mask of emotion. Emotions, but you know just keep that in mind you know people can feel agitated feel restless have a short temper and basically no tolerance for anyone I'm in no mood for this crap right now so just leave me alone the next is self-loathing so this is a good one to talk about more you know having guilt criticizing yourself harshly for even the smallest little things like saying something wrong or forgetting something, you know, just really kind of beating yourself up about it. The next one is reckless behavior. So this can be a byproduct of depression. Some of these examples of reckless behavior can be substance use, gambling, reckless driving, or even engaging in like dangerous activities that you normally wouldn't, like mountain climbing, skydiving, or forging of knives, parasailing, I guess, I don't know. So the next sign or symptom of depression is concentration issues. So being forgetful, losing focus, losing your keys all the time, forgetting to do certain tasks that are important can definitely be a byproduct of depression. 
And the last one is aches and pains. So sometimes depression comes out in physical ways in the body. Now, in episode four, we are joined by Nick, who talked a lot about how you know, somatically you can experience certain mental health. That can happen in depression as well. So this can be muscle aches and pains, even stomach aches or other types of physical symptoms. All right, so now that we went over the 10 common signs and symptoms of depression, I felt like it's important to talk about how depression can vary or the signs of depression can vary depending on certain demographic information or the types of people. So to get into more detail, let's first focus on men. So it is said that when men experience depression, they tend to report these symptoms more than others, feeling fatigued, being irritable, having trouble sleeping, that whole loss of interest, aggression, reckless behavior, which can include substance use. So as far as women, it's said that women tend to experience more guilt, sleeping too much, overeating, and weight gain. One side note, which we're not going to get into too much detail because this can be a segment on its own, to look out for is postpartum depression. So when we're talking about teens, sometimes teens experience mostly irritability, anger, agitation, and the physical sensations of headaches and stomach aches. Now, with older adults, it's said that they experience more physical than emotional symptoms of depression. So fatigues, aches and pains, and memory problems. So there's certain risk factors that can make people more prone to depression, which include loneliness, isolation. We're going to talk a little bit more about this with our guest that comes on later in this episode. Relationship issues, major life changes, and a family history of depression, if you experience any of that. It's good to be extra you know vigilant to kind of determining am I depressed right now all right so let's talk a little bit about ways that people can deal with depression so again we're not here to treat your depression but we're just giving tips and suggestions on how you can deal with it depression is a very difficult thing because really the thing that is most helpful to people who are depressed is getting up and getting out and doing certain things the unfortunate part about it is that's really the hardest thing to do right you got to get up and get off the couch and do things but when you really feel like crap it's really difficult so you can kind of get stuck in that cycle of kind of feeling low and just kind of sitting around so the first tip or suggestion of how to deal with depression is to reach out and stay connected to people again you may not want to do that when you're feeling depressed but it's something that can be helpful to you one tip is to lean on the people that are already in your life because i'm sure when you're depressed you don't want to meet new people but lean on people that you can trust or you have good rapport with just to kind of talk to. They don't necessarily have to give you great information, but as long as they can just listen to you and you could talk to them, that could help. You know, focus on face-to-face -face interactions. I know, you know, during a pandemic that may be more difficult, but sometimes just being in the presence of people can help you feel better. And, you know, push yourself to be social. I know, again, you don't feel like it, but you kind of got to get out there and you got to be around people and that can help lift your mood. One other thing related to reaching out and being connected with people is try to help others. Okay, so let's be honest here. You can only help other people to a point. A lot of people may be depressed because they put other people's needs before their own, but we're talking about doing this in a different way. A really great way to do this is to volunteer, right? Because when you're volunteering, you go, like for example, say you go to the Salvation Army to help out serving meals. That's a time-limited thing, right? You're there for X amount of time and then you leave and can focus on your own things. But it is shown that if you try to help other people in the right way, that gives you a good boost to your mood. And of course, there are support groups for depression. You know, there's lots of online options nowadays, and that might also be a good alternative. All right, so the next tip or suggestion of how to help deal with depression is try to do things that bring you joy. Again, you may not be feeling joyful, but I love that term, fake it till you make it. Now, I misunderstood that term when I was younger. The way that I perceive fake it till you make it is even if you don't feel like doing it, 
push yourself to do it and you'll start to feel better. You know, most people, if they say, I'm gonna go for a walk around the neighborhood, they may not feel like it, especially when they're depressed, but put your sneakers on and start walking. Most people won't walk five steps and then turn around. Some of these activities that can bring you joy are exercise, as I mentioned, having creative outlets, and just kind of going outside, you know, just being outdoors in the fresh air and the sunshine because it's proven that sunshine can help you feel better I think it's from like a primal kind of way, right? You see a cat in a you know window in the sun just soaking it up. That is something that can really make you feel better. So try to get outdoors. Even if you go sit on your porch, that's better than sitting inside. All right, so the next one is try to take care of your health. So, you know, I know this may be difficult, but you want to shoot for eight hours of sleep. You want to try to reduce your stress using relaxation techniques. You know, we won't get into too much detail about that, but we've talked about this in previous episodes. There's certain ways to help manage your stress, and a lot of times high levels of stress or anxiety can increase feelings of depression. All right, so again, this is kind of going off what we already said, but another good tip or suggestion is to get moving. You know, walk, run, clean your house, sit in a chair and move your arms, do yoga, do something to kind of get that blood flowing because that can help you feel better. There's a strong connection between your body and your mind. So if you can get moving in any way, it will be helpful. The next one is eat healthy, right? I've actually had this experience lately and I never eat fast food, but recently at like 1130 at night, I decided to get McDonald's. And to be honest, I felt hungover the next day just from the fast food. What you put into your body greatly affects it. So try to focus on eating healthy, clean foods like vegetables, fish, whatever. You know, they say to try to take B vitamins, which can help you. Fish oil is shown to help depression. Another healthy suggestion is try to reduce your alcohol intake when you're depressed because as we know and we talked about, alcohol affects the judgment and you can make poor decisions, especially when you're depressed and you're under the influence. Another thing that can help is challenging negative thoughts. So if you go back to my episode four, we get into more detail about challenging your negative thoughts and how that can be helpful in changing your kind of thought patterns, which can lead to different feelings and new behaviors. The next tip and suggestion is the one that I always mention in most of my episodes. Seek professional help. You know, working with a therapist can really help you both identify depression and go through specific steps that you can take to help dealing with it. You know, medication is also an option, especially when you're very depressed. This is something that you should study carefully and look into, but that can be really helpful for people who are very depressed because it can be a chemical imbalance. You know, one common thing is people who are in recovery who stop substances tend to feel very depressed after that because it's like a dopamine factor, right? You're getting that dopamine from an outside source, what the substance is, so your brain stops producing it. So when you take away that outside source of dopamine, your brain does not automatically catch up like, boom, here we go again. So it can be helpful to take an antidepressant, especially when you're in early recovery. Okay, so just a quick recap of this in-depth topic of depression. So we went over the kind of general idea of what depression is. You know, it's normal to feel low and down sometimes, but if it persists, it can be depression. We went over the 10 common symptoms of depression, which are feeling hopeless or helpless, anhedonia or the loss of interest or pleasure in activities, changes in your appetite, changes in your sleep, no energy or low energy, feeling angry or irritable, reckless behaviors, self-loathing, concentration problems, and physical aches and pain. And then we went over the kind of specifics to different demographics of how they might experience depression. And we went over some quick tips and suggestions of how you can deal with depression. The first being, of course, seek out professional help and consider medication depending on what your own preferences are. Also, reaching out and staying connected to people, which includes trying to help others in the right way, trying to do things that bring you joy, taking care of your physical health, get out there and get moving, you know, try to eat healthier, challenge negative thoughts. All right, everyone, I hope that was helpful. You know, again, I'm going to encourage everyone to seek out help on their own. The Tough Get Going podcast is not intended to treat mental health issues. It's intended to offer tips and suggestions. If you're struggling with your mental health, you could go on Psychology Today and find a therapist near you or just Google mental health help or therapist near me. If this is a mental health emergency, Call 911 or go to your local emergency room, or you can call this National Suicide Hotline at 
800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-TALK. Thanks, everyone. All right, everyone. Now we're going to get into our WTF mental health moment. What the... All right, so now we're going to take it back again. Seems to be a common theme here. I'm glad we're learning something, people. Okay, so as the understanding of mental health evolved, some people in the field decided seizures and mental illness cannot coexist, so they were related to each other. Um, what? What? Um, anyways, back then they decided, hey, let's try to start inducing seizures in people, which will help treat their mental health. A common medication that was used to do this was a stimulant called metrazole. And just a side note, metrazole was withdrawn from the FDA in 1982. 1982? That's not that long ago in the history of medicine? Jeez. Metrazole-induced seizures were first introduced by Ladislaus von Modena in 1933. They started inducing these seizures in patients who had certain mental illness, including schizophrenia and other disorders. Needless to say, people, it didn't really work that well. So some of the side effects of metrazole-induced seizures were vertebrae fractures. Wow, that's pretty serious. Pulmonary tuberculosis. I mean, I don't even know how that happened, but damage to people's heart and possible damage to the central nervous system. And when I say possible damage to the central nervous system, they said it was suggested, but they couldn't really prove it at the time. One interesting thing about metrazole-induced seizures is it actually led to a common practice called ECT, or electroconvulsive therapy. Now, ECT, we're going to get into a future episode, so stay tuned, is actually something that's still in practice today. I know it sounds horrifying, but it's true. Okay, so this is going to conclude our WTF mental health moment, which focuses on metrazole-induced seizures, which some people had the bright idea to say, let's just have them seize it out of you. This will just help you get rid of this mental illness. So thanks, everyone, for joining us for our WTF mental health moment. What the Okay, everyone, so now we're going to get into our interview of this episode. So today in the Tough Get Going studio, we have Valdek Keppa, or by his name, Clearly Blind Games. Valdek is here to talk a little bit about, you know, an interesting kind of hobby that he has or an interesting thing that he's involved in and how that kind of helped him cope in the pandemic. So Valdek or Clearly Blind Games, thanks for coming. We appreciate you being here. No, thank you very much for having me. So can you tell us a little bit about what Twitch is for people who might not know? Sure, absolutely. So I guess uh, the easiest way to think about Twitch would be it's almost like a live YouTube uh, where you can play a video game and stream it directly onto Twitch. And then people can hop into chat and comment on your gameplay or talk to you um, as you're playing the video game. Okay, interesting. So can you tell us like how you choose what games to play? Are certain games like taboo to play or just kind of pick whatever you like? Now, uh, what I really enjoy about Twitch is the freedom that it offers. Uh, there's tons of different communities on Twitch. Uh, you know, there's people that are only into competitive gaming. People are, are only into retro gaming. Uh, me, personally, I'm kind of all over the place. One day you can catch me playing a God of War or, uh, you know, or Mario. Uh, the next day you can catch me just looking at Google Maps and looking at interesting places. I don't really think of myself as a strictly a gamer, but more of a, like a variety streamer. Okay, so what do you mean by variety? Like what other types of things do you do? Uh, we can watch an interesting video on YouTube with my community, uh, whether it's about history or something else. You know, I just recently did a whole Google Maps walkthrough of the farm I grew up in Poland with my community because they've been wanting to see it. Interesting, interesting. And I've known you for a while. Wasn't there some evil dog or something in Poland? Uh, am I making that up? or No, we definitely had a rumor of um, a black Cadillac driving around. Apparently, the devil was the passenger and he would kidnap young women. Well, I was pretty far off on that one, but it's horrible that that was a concern there. I really don't know where I got that dog thing from. So kind of backing up a little bit, uh, Clearly Blind, can I call you Clearly Blind? Absolutely. 
Okay, so, you know, I give you credit for kind of pursuing something that you're interested in. And I kind of, people who know me know that I complain about this all the time. But I was part of that generation that was like, grow up, stop playing video games, you know. And I remember playing games back in the day like Halo and Tekken, you know, having a good old time. But I was convinced I fell into that trap that to be an adult, you have to kind of to stop. And, you know, I'm really upset about that. Although I will admit I have that game Clash of the Clans on my phone and I don't really want to play it anymore but I'm just too far into it and I just can't give up my little fortress like I built it I put the time in I put the effort in you know if anyone knows about that game sometimes it takes weeks for the things to be upgraded and I just can't get rid of it at this point people. Yeah no I can absolutely relate because you know both me and you are of very similar age and uh, you know, my family was basically the same way. You know, you're wasting your time. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think anybody foresaw the kind of viability that video gaming, professional video gaming, will have in the future. So can people make money off of Twitch? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, the big streamers out there literally make millions of dollars a month. Uh, me, as a small streamer, I do have a community of about 200 people. I don't want to get into specifics, but um, I do make a nice chunk of change. Awesome. So you're showing up all those jerks who are telling you to grow up and get a job, right? Absolutely. In your face. Booyah! But anyways, I always tell us to people as well, like, my plan is to get back to video games. I always tell people that's my retirement plan. Get a nice comfy armchair, you know, get the newest gaming system, which, you know, who knows what's going to be going on in that time. But just sit there as an old man and play video games, kind of going back to my childhood, you know? Yeah, just gaming on your PlayStation 46 or whatever it's going to be there. PlayStation 46, I like that. Good one, good one. Definitely not an Xbox because I don't know if people remember this, but I got the Red Ring of Death twice and I swore off of Xbox after that. All right, so really the reason is, is I love to be all nostalgic because, you know, anyone who's listened to my show know that I'm always ranting and raving about old wrestling. So we can get into this whole video game thing forever, but can you tell me a little bit about your classic favorite video games? Any games that kind of stand out for you or you know have a special place in your heart sure absolutely any gamer that's worth his salt will say mario uh you know i remember being a kid and blowing on that super nintendo cartridge and putting it into the system and playing it when it wouldn't work the first time the game that holds a special place in my heart uh is actually resident evil interesting that that warms your heart yeah the first one uh, i don't know if there's any gamers out there uh but there's a there's a section in resident evil where you try to get out of a certain room and a dog zombie dog pops his head in and tries to tries to eat you and uh, me as like an 11 year old that played that for the first time it, it really stuck with me uh and it i mean it, it's really stuck and scared me but that kind of was my first introduction into like 3d real realistic games interesting and i knew there was an evil dog somewhere in your life you know <laughs> absolutely and, you know, I know this is not about me, this is about you, but one game that I remember playing that was like a game changer for me was The Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time. I know that's probably overplayed, everyone's talking about that, but I remember playing that game and it was a whole new world, riding the horse, all the different kingdoms that you had to beat. It was awesome. I know things have changed a lot as far as games, but I don't know if you remember that Game Informer magazine that they had where you could get cheat codes monthly only. And I think there was actually a TV show after school where they would tell you, but now it's like instant access to that, right? Absolutely. And actually, as far as Zelda, the Ocarina of Time is concerned, and I'm probably going to lose half my following by saying this, but I've never, ever played that game before. Get out of here right now. Just kidding. I think my uh, youngest sister has a Nintendo 64, actually, and that game, so I might have to, you know, send it your way sometime. Yeah, if you could help me out, I'd appreciate it. Will do, will do. So people, give him a chance. He just said he was going to play it, so. So anyways, you know, getting more serious, because that's why we brought you here, is yes, we came here to kind of BS about old video games and stuff, but the real reason that I wanted to have you on this show is you actually turned you know, sort of a hobby or an interest into something that helped you cope. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, I was very unfamiliar with Twitch um, until uh, this whole pandemic situation happened. And once we were quarantined, uh, me and my fiance had to be very careful as far as going out due to personal reasons. Um, and even though I almost always thought of myself as an introvert, I started missing that social aspect of talking not just with with my fiance or not just with my direct family but with strangers and just seeing and talking to other people um and then thanks to twitch once i once i found out about it that kind of gave me the opportunity to have that social aspect of my life even though i was basically um stuck uh living in my apartment 
Interesting. So, you know, basically, you know, reaching out to people or having people reach out to you on a different platform when all other types of avenues were kind of shut down for a while. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it took a, took a little bit of time to grow, but, you know, eventually, you know, I started having regulars in my stream and I started developing, you know, friendships with these guys uh, and gals. You know, that kind of almost because I couldn't go into the office and I couldn't interact with my coworkers that replaced that social interaction, even though it wasn't in person. And even though it was just through chat, you know, I still got to talk to somebody and just kind of meet new people and have that interaction. That's really awesome. You know, in the military, we would call that adapt and overcome, you know, taking the circumstances and, you know, I love cheesy quotes. So make lemons out of lemonade, right? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And actually what helps a lot with the social aspect of it is that a lot of times, you know, whoever is showing up in your chat, they're a streamer as well. So even though you don't talk to each other in real time, one of my followers, Armageddon, can tune into my stream and watch me play. And then when he's streaming, I can tune into his stream and watch him play. So I know what he looks like. I know his physical mannerisms. It's almost like knowing him in real life, but it's not. I mean, yeah, it's pretty close because I've talked about in prior episodes that body language, those kind of facial expressions are important for, you know, people to feel connected to other people. So it's interesting that you got that on a kind of online platform. I've shared these thoughts uh, previously with my community and a lot of them agree and feel the same way that I do as far as because of this pandemic, Twitch has really, really helped them. Uh, and, you know, obviously when, when you're isolated, luckily, um, you know, I had my fiance that was living with me, but I can only imagine what I would be going through if I was living by myself without anybody to talk to, you know, only via text or FaceTime or, or you know, whatever the case is. And, uh, you know, I didn't have any social interaction and how easy it would be to fall into some source over like a depressive state or something like that. Definitely. And, you know, for those of you who, ha who haven't listened to my previous episodes, on episode four, I'm joined by a guest, Eddie, and we talk about loneliness, or I kind of presented it as a public health crisis that was lost during the pandemic. You know, there's so many effects of loneliness, not only the, the mental health part that you mentioned, but literally physical health. They say that people who are lonely are more likely to develop certain conditions like heart disease and other types of things. So it's literally, it can be like a life or death situation kind of interacting with people. We're social creatures, you know, we need to be around other people in some capacity. Like I said, luckily for me, uh, you know, I've always been into like kind of like an entertainment aspect of, of hobbies, whether it's making, taking photos or making videos or anything like that. And, you know, I always kind of thought of myself, maybe, you know, maybe I'll start a YouTube channel or something. But with YouTube, you know, you basically you just put yourself out there and people, people just comment on your video as opposed to actually talking to you, as opposed to asking you, how was your day? How was your weekend? And then you actually get into a conversation that is not necessarily about the game that you're playing. You know, the game kind of takes the background and you're just having a conversation about, you know, where, where are you going on a vacation? What did you do on your vacation? Things like that. Interesting. Do you have any standout stories or interactions that you had while on Twitch that maybe you want to share either like helping other people or people expressing that they were grateful for you being there to kind of support them? Uh, so this is going to be me touting my uh, my own horn a little bit here. But uh, recently, I found out that one of my followers um, from the UK, um, his brother was involved in a very serious accident uh, that caused some severe brain damage. They started a fundraiser for him when he gets back home because he's no longer going to be able to work. And even though I don't have a huge following, I still have a few people that tune in on a regular basis. Um, so I decided to do like a marathon six-hour stream um, to help to raise some funds for uh for for the friend of mine and we were eventually able to raise right around 150 dollars you know not much not much but it's still something it helps and it really made me feel good it was it was really a pleasure to stream and do anything i could to uh to help somebody out wow that's really amazing and like you said it doesn't matter the amount it's that you're putting the effort in and even just the support right you're showing people that you support them oh yeah no it was great i mean uh, my heart literally lit up when um, his mom and his sister popped into chat uh, to thank me for what I was doing. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I told him, I was like, it's not a big deal. I stream anyway. I just, you know, the title of this one is fundraiser as opposed to playing a video game. But it was it was it really meant a lot to me. That's really amazing that you did that. You know, you didn't have to take that time out. And I will have to say it's another gut punch to those rude people who told us that we have to stop playing video games and be adults, right? Because you're actually doing some good in the meantime of, like I said, pursuing a hobby or an interest. Yeah, I'm actually helping people with my video games. Yeah, and don't forget it. Times have changed, people. Times have changed. All right, Clearly Blind. So another question. Do you have any more specific advice for people who are thinking about getting onto Twitch to help them kind of get more connected? 
connected to people or help them kind of deal with the loneliness that they're experiencing? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the biggest pieces of advice I can offer is to do your best to interact with your viewers uh, and try to, to foster those relationships. Because if you're just sitting there and you know somebody's talking to you in chat and you're you know ignoring them or just giving them quick one-word answers, things like that, it's not going to foster a relationship. And to be honest, in my opinion, it's not going to make you a successful streamer. Because why would anybody want to come back uh, to a site that allows you to interact with people? and not interact with somebody that they're watching. Okay, I appreciate the advice. So when you were on your kind of Twitch journey, were there ever times where you were like thinking maybe this is not going to work out or, you know, this is not going the way that I wanted just in case people who start this journey get a little frustrated? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, my first few weeks, you know, on Twitch were very difficult. Uh, I was basically just streaming to myself. You know, the way Twitch works is you can see how many viewers you have at a specific time. Uh, and I just kept looking at the corner of my screen, just kept seeing zero 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 week after week after week and then eventually um how i got viewer is i was watching somebody else and i started interacting with the streamer and then he tuned into my next stream and then he recommended me to his friends and all of a sudden you know there's quite a few people uh chatting up in my chat but it took a while so a lot of people do get discouraged you know when they're seeing that zero viewer number and my advice is don't get discouraged, you know, keep keep doing it. You'll eventually find your community. You'll eventually find your friends, but you just gotta, you gotta put in that grind. I appreciate that for a couple of reasons. I think the first is you're kind of pushing that perseverance, right? You gotta stick with it and kind of keep going forward, even though it may not be working out right away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just like anything in life, uh, you know, you got to be willing to put in the work to see any sort of success. And whether it's at school or in business or with a hobby like like streaming, uh, you know, you got to put in uh, put in that time. And the other thing that I like that you said is, you know, you kind of relied on other people who are on Twitch, right? You know, instead of kind of just looking out for yourself, it seems like at least I've noticed when I've been on this kind of air quotes online community, as far as podcasts that people are trying to support each other, you know? Well, don't get me wrong, there are some haters out there, but for the most part, people are looking out for each other. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of my favorite things regarding the community that I'm in and that I've fostered is that nobody's in competition with each other. No, there's there's an audience out there for everybody. Whether you know you're you're a PG streamer, whether you're more adult oriented, or you know whether you're more funny or competitive or whatever the case is, there's thousands, if not millions, people willing to watch you. So there's no need to compete. Work with each other, foster relationships, network, and eventually everybody will see success. That's a great response. I mean, I agree. We're all struggling right now. You know, we all have had a difficult past year or so, and we got to support each other, right? We got to be out here kind of looking out for each other, and that's another way to do it. Yeah, and, you know, at the end of the day, uh, my whole community, you know, because we're all very supportive of each other, these people have become my real-life friends, and even even if I haven't met them in real life, you know, they're people that I text and talk to on a daily basis off stream. You know, we have made plans to hang out after this whole pandemic is over. You know, we actually develop real life relationships via online. That's great. And, you know, and I would say an unconventional type of way. And that's what we need, right? Because it's not the same world. You know, things have changed a lot. So we got to kind of branch ourselves out. And I talked about this a little bit, a little bit before the anchors that we had in our normal life are some are gone in, in many cases. So we got to kind of branch out and do things differently. Yeah, now with this with this pandemic and everybody, you know, most companies working towards working from home, we're not going to have a lot of those social interactions that we're really used to that how we made friends, how we made, you know, colleagues and, and met people. We have to find other avenues of doing the same thing from the privacy of our own home. And Twitch is the thing that I chose. And so far, I'm very happy with it. I'm glad to hear that. You know, can you tell us how people can find you on Twitch or what to look for? All right, you can find me on twitch.tv slash clearlyblindgames. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel uh, if, you're, uh, if you're willing to tune in. Uh, also, if you just search uh, youtube.com slash clearlyblindtv, uh, you can find me on YouTube. And I also have an Instagram clearly blind games awesome so people check them out clearly blind games you know and i just want to thank you again for taking time out of your day to come to the tough kick going studio to kind of talk about not only an interesting hobby or interesting activity that you do but kind of a, sending a good message out to people saying hey although things are a little different there's also new types of ways to kind of get involved and get the support that you need and be around people absolutely absolutely and thank you very much for having me i really enjoyed this so did we. Good luck out there, and we hope to hear from you soon.
All right, everyone. So now we're going to get into our coping skill of the day. So today's coping skill of the day is sponsored by Charter Oak Therapeutic Services, a private practice that I'm a co-owner of and a clinician at. Charter Oak Therapeutic Services is located in Woolkit, Connecticut, and is currently accepting new clients for both in-person and telehealth sessions. Charter Oak Therapeutic Services accepts most insurance plans and consists of myself, George Gogus, LCSW, and my business partner, Rosalie, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist. You can contact Charter Oak Therapeutic Services by calling 860-863-6342 or securely emailing us at hello at charteroaktherapy.com. You can also check out our website, www.charteroaktherapy.com, or our Psychology Today page by just searching Charter Oak Therapeutic Services. Okay, so for the purpose of this episode, I wanted to focus on a coping skill that I've kind of talked about a little bit and maybe offered or a couple techniques related to it, but I kind of wanted to get into more detail about it because I personally feel like it's one of the most important coping skills that someone can use. So today's coping skill is mindfulness. Now mindfulness itself can be a broad term, but we're gonna kind of break it down a little bit, give some you know more information about what it is, how it can be helpful, and specific ways to go through it. So a basic definition of what mindfulness is, is a state of non-judgmental awareness of what's really happening in the present moment. That includes your thoughts, your feelings, and your senses. So not what you think is happening, right? Or what happened in the past or what might happen, but what's really kind of going on in the moment. One of my spiritual mentors, Eckhart Tolle, if you haven't heard of him, check him out. He described being mindful as being the spectator of your emotions rather than the victim. You can kind of learn to see what's happening in the moment before getting carried away by it or reacting to it. I've used this way to describe it before, which is probably not the most appropriate way, but you know, I told you people I was in the military, but I describe sometimes being mindful as instead of shooting first and asking questions later, you ask the questions and then you shoot if it's appropriate. I know, not the best example, but you know, hey, it works. There's a couple basic parts that are included in mindfulness. So as I mentioned, the first part is awareness, right? Noticing your thoughts, feelings, and physical sensations in the moment. You know, you want to learn how to slow your mind so you can kind of look at these in a rational way and kind of analyze them in a rational way. And the second part is acceptance, right? So you're looking at these thoughts and feelings and physical sensations in a non-judgmental way. So you're having these thoughts, you're having these emotions, you're having whatever, but you don't start beating yourself up because you're having them. You just say, hey, I'm anxious right now, instead of, I'm anxious right now, what's wrong with me? I need to do this, or why can't I do that? You know, I think you see where I'm going here. So here are some of the potential benefits of mindfulness. Some of the potential benefits of mindfulness are reduced symptoms of depression or anxiety, improved memory or focus, better ability to deal with stress, better relationships potentially, a reduction in obsessive thoughts or rumination, which is focusing on the same thing over and over until you're sick to your stomach, and you know just overall being able to deal with emotions better because you can kind of recognize them for what they are and not get too carried away by them so one thing I'll say about mindfulness is mindfulness has to be practiced it can be very difficult for people to kind of engage in this activity at first especially if they haven't done it before you know mindfulness is a learned skill it's like exercising a muscle right you go out there and you crush steel you do your GTL and what happens you know eventually the more you you exercise a muscle, the bigger and stronger it gets. Well, this is like the same thing except doing it in your brain. I know that sounds a little weird, but like I said, you have to rehearse it. You have to practice it in order for you to, to kind of master this technique. Okay, so now we're going to get into some ways of how you can practice it. So mindfulness can be very simple. There's many, many different ways that you can be mindful. So I would say the first and most simple one, which I've mentioned in prior episodes, is breathing. Breathing, right? Doing some sort of deep breathing or rhythmic breathing. Nothing is more mindful than you taking a breath, right? That's where you are. It's keeping you alive. You know, you're in the moment because you're literally taking in oxygen and expelling carbon. Another simple way is just to light a candle and watch the candle flame kind of dance around. Just focus on it. Maybe do the breathing at the same time. 
and that can help you stay in the moment. Another thing, you know, if you want to do chores, right, do mindful chores. When you're washing a dish, you're focusing on that specific dish and cleaning that dish to your best of ability, not letting your mind wander off and kind of go into the past or in the future. You know, there is meditation too. Meditation can be difficult to engage in at first, but again, the same thing with mindfulness. Meditation is a learned skill. I always suggest people starting off with guided meditation. I like to recommend the YouTube channel called The Honest Guys because I've listened through most of them. They're kind of neutral type of meditations and they can be easy to follow, but you got to start off slow. Do five minutes at first or a couple minutes and slowly increase the amount of time that you do meditation. I mentioned this in my, I think it was the first episode, the 54321 technique, which focuses on the senses, right? Five things I could see, four things I could feel, three things I could hear, two things that I can smell. And the one is up for debate, but I always say one thing that I'm grateful for just to end it in a positive way. Another technique is called a body scan. So you start at your feet and you scan upwards. So spend a few seconds literally focusing on each body part, feet, my ankles, my knees, whatever, just kind of go through your body slowly and, you know, gets you out of your mind and into your body, air quotes. There's also mindful walking, right? When you're walking, you feel your muscles contract, you feel your foot hit the ground, you look around you and observe what you're seeing rather than being lost in a train of thought. And one thing I'll say about mindfulness is the benefits of mindfulness will start to carry over into all aspects of your life when you're not actively participating in a mindful activity. But as I said, the key here is to practice it. Practice it as much as possible in order to get that benefit. All right, so now I wanna take everyone through a mindful activity that I tend to do when I have new clients. This is usually the first step in mindfulness, and it involves a stone or any object of comfort. As I mentioned earlier, you gotta focus on taking up your senses, right? This stone or whatever you use is kind of an aid to this process. So it's gonna involve deep breathing and it's gonna involve looking at the stone and feeling the stone. So for the purpose of this activity, the breathing that I would like to do is called the 424 method. So breathe in through your nose for four seconds, hold for two seconds, and exhale slowly for four. So we're gonna do 10 total breaths while doing this activity. And like I said, grab a stone, grab anything that you can kind of look at and you can feel. All right, so now we're gonna begin. So hold the stone or your item of comfort in the palm of your hand. With relaxed attention, look at the stone or the item. Notice the different textures, the different grains in the stone. So now I want you to keep your eyes open and take a deep breath with the 424 while continue to look at the stone. So nice and slow, deep breath. All right, so now feel the stone. How heavy does it feel? Is it cool or is it warm? Okay, so now we're gonna take nine more total breaths while continuing to look at the stone and feeling the stone. Take your time, it's not a race, just take your nine more four to four breaths and just stay with the stone when you finish. If your mind wanders, that's okay, that's what our minds do, just keep breathing and refocus on the stone. Just keep breathing nice and slow and focus on the stone. Okay, so once you finish your breaths, just stay with the stone a bit longer. Now kind of check in with yourself a little bit. What do you notice about your breathing, your heart rate, or your thoughts? So now stay with the stone a bit longer and let your attention move from the stone to your surrounding area. All right, so that was a quick little activity that tends to be really helpful for people who are starting off in their mindful journey. And I'll have to say, if you find a stone or you find an artifact and you lose it, that's okay. You can use anything. You can find a stone in your driveway for this activity. But having this object helps you get a better experience because like I said, you focus on your five senses. 
All right, so that's going to wrap up our coping skill of the day segment. I went over mindfulness. I went over a quick definition, the different components of it, which is awareness and acceptance, the potential benefits of mindfulness, how important it is to practice it regularly. And we went over a few different mindful techniques to try. So give it a shot and, you know, see if this helps you. Thanks, everyone. And again, this segment is sponsored by Charter Oak Therapeutic Services. If you're ready to start the journey of self-improvement, give us a call at 860-863-6342 or securely emailing us at hello at charteroaktherapy.com. Okay, everybody, now we're going to get into our veteran spotlight. So for the purpose of this episode, I'm actually going to combine two segments. Yes, I've done it before, but I feel like it works out pretty well. So for the purpose of this episode, we're going to combine our veteran spotlight with our local shout out. This is not exactly highlighting a specific veteran, but a service that's available to veterans in the community. So what I wanted to talk about today is the Veteran Strong Community Center. So the Veteran Strong Community Center located in City Hall in the city of Bristol. The Veteran Strong Community Center offers lots of different services to veterans who are in need of assistance. They can help you connect to benefits. They can help you find resources. They have certain things that they can help you get if you're struggling. And overall, it just offers a nice sense of community. Now, the people who work in this community center have been working very hard for many years to help support our local veterans, which I feel is definitely important. So the address of the Veterans Strong Community Center is 111 North Main Street in Bristol, Connecticut. If you want to call them, if you are a veteran yourself or need help, or you know of veterans that are struggling and can use some help, you can call them at 860-584-6258. So again, I just wanted to quickly highlight the Veterans Strong Community Center located in City Hall in the city of Bristol, Connecticut. And just one thing to note that there has been some changes as far as dropping into the center due to COVID. So call ahead if you're planning on giving them a visit and schedule an appointment. All right, everyone. So that's going to wrap up our seventh episode of the Tough Get Going podcast. I just wanted to thank everyone again for joining us on this tough journey. And I really hope the show was somewhat helpful to you. So just a few notes before we end for today. The first is check out our Instagram page for cool pictures, tough quotes, show updates, and much more. Also, the Tough Get Going podcast is not intended to treat mental health issues. It's intended to offer tips and suggestions. If you're struggling with your mental health, you should seek out help for yourself by going on Psychology Today or Googling therapists near me. If this is a mental health emergency, call 911, visit your local emergency room, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-TALK. And remember, if you want to sponsor one of our episodes or any of our segments, email me, George, at the Tough Get Going Podcast at gmail.com. All right, everyone, so that's going to wrap it up for today. Take care of yourselves, stay tough, and remember, you're too legit to quit. Now let's get going. We'll see you next time.